come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look at the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of seasons one to twelve with the magic random episode generation and a ho 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 and a merry christmas to all mankind it's a special one it's a bonus episode we're looking at the very first simpsons episode which just so happens to be a christmas episode as well cal a ho 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 to you and how are you doing did you just assume my kind and my sexual preferences maybe i don't like hoes how do you know i'm doing good how are you i'm very good man i'm all bought up now all the Christmas, all the stress is gone. Present binds done. Um, I'm happy. I can relax now. Do you have any initial memories of this one? Then being the first ever episode. My first, the first ones I re- I really remember is the fact that I didn't realize it was the first episode. A few years later. Um, no, I never got that vibe either. To be fair. I I don't know. I just when I was younger, they used to, I used to go on the Simpsons website and they used to have this locker thing. It took me a re- while to work out that. Uh, where when it says like one hundred and one and so far it's one hundred and one episodes because I was a fucking idiot, but um yeah it was just, I've got some I've got my world famous fun facts section already up already loaded yeah and good. I can tell you that even though it was the one that was first aired it was actually the sixth episode to be made. Yeah, it wasn't the first one to be produced because it was supposed to be, if I remember correctly, the Babysitter Bandit episode, and that looks like a piece of shit as far as animation goes. That's why they had that on at the end, and this being the first one. Technically, The Simpsons is an 80s series, started in 89. That's true. Ritually, the dying weeks of the 80s, and you'd never, you never sort of see it as an 80s show, do you? It is just straight up 90s. I will say... From the bottom of my heart, I'm not a fan of season one. I know every sitcom's got to have their dodgy starts or you know their um, awkward upbringings, if you will. But yeah, they're just just they're just trying to find the way as far as their animation and the voices and that. And it can be quite off putting knowing how you know the Simpsons family speaks and the side characters speak. It's just a bit. I know, weird going back and thinking, oh, they don't sound like that. Yeah, but you got you just got to realize they're still finding their feet as well. Like there's things, this thing on here where it says another fun fact: uh, Barney has blonde hair, which is uh, the same color as his skin, but that was later dropped because of the belief that only Simpsons should have such hair. Yeah, that was really confusing. That was odd looking back at it as well. It's like when it's old ones like Flanders, uh, not Flanders, um, Smithers is black. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Oh, we open up with. No couch gag. And I believe Matt Groening decided to add in the couch <laughs> gags later. Straight into the episode. Yeah, to sort of elongate the episode, you know, save a bit of time and money. They're going to see the Christmas pageant laid on by Springfield Elementary. And, oh uh, yeah, you can tell sort of Fox isn't too quite sure about this series yet, you know. The sort of twist of the hand, because it was very popular on the Ullman short, well, the Tracy Ullman show with the shorts. But yeah, it's just the animation. It's not as flourished as you're going to get at the end of season two. It's just kids on the stage with the mouths moving and that. It's very cheap, very easy to do. One of one of the fun facts on this episode, it depends how you read it, so I'm going to read it twice. The parents' home and nose and greets will 
uh, while finding a seat inside the school theatre were never seen or uh, referred to ever again by the remainder of the whole series. What happened? Who murdered them? Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah, I never got that. That's... Oh. It's a stupid, it's a stupid joke that like, there's people that like, oh, you've been dragged along to this too? Yeah, it's a bit lame. And you know what? I actually, I don't like how it's very generic sitcom tropes throughout, like, they have to have Homer say, you know, oh, I'm just a big kid, I like Christmas, or I always say I love you, darling, like, uh, just same old, same You really? Same <laughs> you really hate this episode. In that, in that scene, have you ever, I don't, I don't think you would have, it'd be weird if you did, go into an actual kid's play and shit, it's just... Oh, no, well, I've performed in... I'm sure everyone has in any British primary school. I've performed in a fair few. And it's just none of the kids want to do it. None of the teachers want to do it, but... Oh, I always loved it. Who was you in a nativity, then? Who did you play? Well, thankfully, I was a bit better than a tree or, you know, a sheep. I think, I believe I was one of the... Oh, that was... I believe it was one of the three wise men a couple of times, but... I've got no sort oh. of real significant memory other than like, oh, I'll get through this, then I'll have like a Terry's Chocolate Orange McFlurry. That was my Oscar when uh-huh. I was like six. I had, see, we went to a Catholic, I went to a Catholic school, so uh, we liked the Jeebus. And my, well, and it wasn't that, it's just my head teacher was quite into like performing arts and stuff. So we did, um, we did Nativity as normal. We also did like um, Joseph and the Technical Dreamcoat and stuff. So we do plays throughout the year and stuff. And um, I was famously in Joseph and the Technical uh, Dreamcoat. I was famously the Colosseum. Oh, <laughs> and the song, I had to hold up a sign and say, Seeing, when they say Seeing, and I miss my chance. No! Oh. <laughs> um, I also played, I played main, like a. Uh, soldier, where I got to wear a um, netball skirt because it looked like the Roman things, and that's where my cross-dressing uh, fetish began. Thanks, Mister. Yeah, and I've accepted you ever since. It's a modern world. <laughs> Do you feel you miss your ticket to stardom and Hollywood from missing that Sian moment? <laughs> Does it plague you? A little bit. So basically, it's completely unrelated to Simpsons and shit. My school used to um, make little films and stuff, and it used to be really good. So, like, w- one one time they did, um, I can't remember, it was, I think it was, they did the film Kerry, Harry, oh, yeah. Stephen King film. Um, when they set and set everything on fire, they built a little model of a little school and set it on fire and filmed it. It was really good, and you'd get all the kids to, to like be in it, and then, like, the end-of-year treat would be watch this film so like and it changed every so often so sometimes it'd be Oliver sometimes it'd be jo- Joseph and the technically the dream pair. sometimes it'd just be films what the teachers liked and shit like that and they were awesome and we did it every year and it was a big production because and then on the yard there was this little bit where it was it's where the boiler was in the room but because it was blocked off nobody could go in there but then when you were filming they got to film there which is obviously really creepy going underground school bit where only the janitor goes um, but then when it came to my years, 
year to be able to do it. They cancelled it. They stopped doing it because you couldn't record kids without a permission anymore. Oh, yeah. Fucking ruined my dream. Fucking nonsense. Like, <laughs> I, don't, they fucking, I don't care that they, like, you know, Timmy got raped, but I could, it could have been my outbreaking role. And I, what am I left with? It's a cross-dressing Simpsons podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the awkward scene of the Santa's well not the Santa's of the world bit was all right like obviously minus Ralph's voice not being Ralph but Lisa yeah. dancing and obviously I don't know the color palette or the artist filling in didn't realize didn't want to put pants on Lisa speaking of nonces <laughs> speaking of nonces apparently years later on the DVD because this is the fun fact when Lisa is doing the the tribal dance. Many people are curious as to why she isn't wearing anything from the waist below. Fucking nonsense. It was the eighties, man. See, everything in. If we have got any like foreign, like American or, or European or whatever, they won't realize that basically any te- uh, children's television host from the eighties or seventies, around ninety percent of them were basically filthy nonsense. And a nonce is a paedophile, if <laughs> you didn't know what you which we should explain that, sorry, anyway. But it's the fact that it just says, years later, it was finally addressed in a DVD commentary for the, uh, to be revealed that Lisa is actually wearing a bodysuit, and in fact, not naked. What did you think of it? I thought it was weird. Yeah, it's just surreal, and obviously it's been cleared up and that, and I've, I do feel give it because it's the very, very first episode, you're expecting, I don't know, some initial mistakes and that, and that's just one of them. Oh, um, there was, I think it's in either very late season one or a very early season two episode, and Flanders there watching a performance, a musical performance, and Flanders turns around home and says, oh, Lisa's um, fingering's improved. And obviously it's in context of that, but obviously when you find out a different connotation of that word when you're 13, it was like, oh, Flanders, you've... Got... This is just going to be the nonce cast, isn't it? How, how, what's the counter? What's the counter on now? Like thirty. All right, we've got to cool down a bit now. We've got to limit our cunts and nonces. <laughs> Going forward, uh, that's in a rule now. Anyway, the performance ends. The family go back home, and Marge is writing a letter to all of the family members. Good old Christmas card to the families. Now that's the thing you don't really see nowadays. The Christmas card. We maybe I don't know. We do. I never. I've always hated Christmas cards. I think they're just. But is it just for Christmas though? Like you're not sending birthday cards out to far friends and all that. Uh, my mum does. My mum sends them to family members and signs my name. I was quite happy to see that they start the loathing Patty and Selma have for Homer and vice versa straight from the get go. I was very happy to see that because that's another that's another dynamic. I like just the. I mean, it's like going back to the 70s, 80s, you know, the in-law jokes, only it's a lot better, it's a lot more refined. It's a cool dynamic that they have throughout the seasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always good to see, especially a long series like this, where there's so many series and then it addresses it more in depth in later series and then you watch it from the beginning and you realise it's actually been there the entire time. Yeah, it's been that integrated. It's just, it's like like with fucking Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the first episode, it shows Max. And do you watch it, Always Sunny? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That Max gay, and like that... Because I don't know why, like the first series, after watching it, 
I was like, oh, he's not gay. And then, it, it, like, later on, when they really, really play on it hard, I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, he is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's my own denial. Straight like, from the beginning. Crept into that as well. <laughs> Homer goes to fix the lights. And, right, in real life, he is dead. I don't care if you're in a bungalow in that. If you're falling off of that onto your back, you, you're a goner. You're not. I've fallen off a roof. I've fallen off a roof before. Have you? When? <laughs> in uni. <laughs> Seriously, why did not no one tell me this? I don't, because I didn't really tell people. I've got, I've fallen off straight, oh, I've fallen off sheds and stuff. I guess you've not, you didn't fall straight on your back though, do you, from a roof? Uh, no, no I can, more on my ass, but I've fallen off, I've fallen off a roof, not like, it's more of a bungalow than like a two-story. But then, to be fair, it's a, it's a cartoon in the snow. But I've also fallen through a roof um, in uni as well. I, <laughs> I was in the loft. I don't know why. The attic kind of thing. And I misstepped and I just kind of went, <laughs> fall straight through. What is this Frank Spencer life you live? <laughs> I don't I've know. never even known this side. My God. They knock on the lights and it's, it's not great. It is a bit of a shit show. But And then we get the first appearance of Flanders. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a lot different in the later seasons. He's more of just like the neighbor who has everything, rather than the friendly Christian character that we yeah. all love him for. What did you think about this very first characteristic of Flanders? Then being like, "Oh, I have everything. I'm the perfect neighbor." I think you can't really judge characters from the pilot, especially from like uh, the first series and stuff. You've got to give them time. You gotta give them at least four episodes to like develop, cause they're really introducing stuff. So, like for example, cause you, you see how different characters change. Like Flanders, like you said, he is this kind of a oh, he's a really he, uh he's not really religious or anything like that. He's just a guy who's friendly, but and got it better than him. It's like Columbo, the first Columbo. He's a completely different character. The idea of Columbo being this idiot, like detective what the murderers can get over but in reality he's like the best detective in the world in the first ever episode when Peter Falk's quite young I think he's in his like mid-twenties he's playing this like film noir-esque detective and it's completely different he's very strict and very like to the point and cuts through the bullshit same with like The Office The American Office the first series is just a rip off of the, uh, the, the British one and it's not that funny because it's just it's just retelling the jokes and stuff. And Steve Carell's hair is really weird because he's not famous. Yeah, how did he get that hair back? <laughs> he got that forty-year-old virgin money. And fuck it. <laughs> I'm glad they found their footing with Flanders because he is. Yeah. Uh, even in the later episodes, he can be an anchor for your solid jokes. He can be your go-to guy. My one, one my favorite Flanders episodes, the one where he goes nuts. And he's just oh, Hurricane Neddy, yeah, yeah, and he has a mental breakdown, and then he starts yelling at everyone, and then he just goes up to home. <laughs> he's just like, "You're just one of the worst people I've ever met." Oh, I he's got off. <laughs> we go back into the kitchen. The family are gonna go Christmas shopping. Marge has been hiding away all the money for a big Christmas, uh, big Christmas spend in a big jar there. How long has she been hiding that in her hair? Is she... So, 
do you think it's she's balancing it on her head, or do you think her hair's so thick she can kind of keep it up? I think it's, it's got to be thick enough to be able to keep it up, kind of thing. I think it's the thickness and the volume and that. But even still, that's a lot of weight on your head. But she's got six foot worth of hair anyway, hasn't she, on her head constantly? Yeah, how is her neck not like a stack of dimes, just completely stunted? It's like that thick neck guy, the um, mugshot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really sturdy, really built. But the family go Christmas shopping, they're at the mall. Bart thinks it's a great idea to get a tattoo because it will make him look sweet and dangerous. Yeah, I forgot about this bit. I forgot. And it's just kind of like, oh, in in the mall they have a tattoo parlour as well as a tattoo removal place. It's a very convenient mall. <laughs> it is. I did like the very minimal joke of, are you... How old are you? 21? Alright, get in the chair. And Marge can even hear her song screaming in pain, so she comes in um, and rips him away. Not even completing the tattoo, which is a shame. Just got moth. Should have stayed and got a light bulb in the middle. It'd fit in with them memes. I'm not a big fan of moths. No, I I absolutely hate them. I am. I'm terrified of moths. (laughs) It's not so much being scared of them for me, it's more, if even kill them, they leave like I don't know, silvery residue on your hand. Fl- flaky silvery residue. Ugh, disgusting. See, this is, the f- this is the thing though, right? Moths terrify me. They have for a very long time when I was younger, basically one the size of a fucking bat came into my room and it terrified me to the point where I just gave it my room for two days and slept downstairs. And, um, but the thing is, is butterflies are fine. <laughs> they don't bother me. Moths, and there is a, because there is a difference. Moths are little shits, but just come and dive bomb you. And butterflies are nice and float, flutter off and pretty. Yeah, well, they're cute and colourful. They're fine. Yeah, exactly. Fuck moths. Marge has to spend the Christmas money to zap away Bart's tattoo. And Homer's real. Uh, Homer's got the news from Mr. Burns that there will be no Christmas bonus again. First appearance of Mr. Burns here. Just doing a typical sort of stock villain job of, oh, there's no Christmas bonus, but Merry Christmas. And everyone's sitting around just eating Krispy Kremes while he announces it. I can relate to that because I've never worked in a factory, but my dad's been in and out of factories doing engineering work for years. And whenever some there is some sort of announcement or whether there is about to be an announcement, it's like a however many minute wait. It's like, right, we're going to run the clock here. Right, where's the Krispy Kremes? Mm. Let me get a cup of tea. Yeah, just really run that clock. And I've learned a lot from that. I can learn a lot from this scene. But that is the family um, Christmas jar gone. And that's Homer's Christmas bonus gone. And what are the family going to do? So Homer decides the best thing to do is lie. Again, this is a very typical stop sitcom uh, routine. But, you know, it works. It's fine for the pilot and that. But you can just sort of... You can tell where it's going to go, but obviously with the ending of that, it's a different spin, so I can appreciate what it's doing there. So Homer has to somehow find a job, and he's busy drinking his sorrows away at Moe's, and Barney comes through the door. You know, the drinks are on him. Why? Because he's a mall Santa. It's a great gig, it's a bit of extra money, so Homer decides to give it a go. I will say, it's even though it's in a cartoon, I still sort of felt the depression of, older men in their 
well, he's not exactly 40, Homer, but older men in their 40s, drinking in spoons. You know, they've been there since, like, August <laughs> from a petty divorce or getting sacked off. I, uh, yeah, Chris is... I've worked in retail over Christmas before. This is my, the, first, the current job what I'm in now is my first job where I'm not in, in retail for Christmas in seven years. So it's the first time I've had... I know, it's the first time I've actually had Boxing Day off, which is crazy. Um, but anyway, so... What, um, I've, worked, like, I've worked in malls where I've, where I've seen it really busy. I've gone to the pub after and seen this all miserable people especially working around a train station it's really horrible but people do actually commit suicide around this time of year um which which you know first couple of times it's really horrible then it gets an inconvenience where you're having to wait until i just want to get fucking em i don't care about all this shit it's really cold here to the job what i'm doing now where i'm working in bereavement and <laughs> homer has to train up to be a santa i did enjoy the little um cacophony of ho ho hoes yeah. and then like you said they're not on double time and a half so it's a lot sadder more hope <laughs> Homer has to tell Bart he's took this lousy job just so we can pick up a few more cents because he didn't get his Christmas bonus Bart admires him for it and it's actually good to see Bart on, a, on his dad's side and not always fighting with him of course you got to do a typical loving dad stereotype for the pilot, but it's just refreshing to see Bart actually get along with his dad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it's nice to see when he's not just a complete little shit to Homer every so often. Like, he does have this odd respect for him. Not respect, it's an episode, isn't it? It's like, what's the opposite of shame? Respect? Pride? Uh, pride? No, not that much. Less shame? Yeah. <laughs> Ho ends up getting his check. It's going to be a banger. Minus the Christmas tax. Minus the suit rent. Minus the unemployment tax. He's left with $13 in his pocket. But Barney's relishing this. Because he's going to spend it at the dogs. See, one of the, one of the fun facts, it says, the odds, uh, the odds of Santa Little Helper at 99 to 1. If uh, Doug had won that race, Homer and Bart would have won one thousand two hundred eighty-seven pounds. But I've been, I've been, I've, you know, I've been to the casino. I don't mind the casino. I don't go. I've been like maybe six, seven times. Every time, I've seen the same person. But you get these serial betters who just literally just throw down fifty pounds, lose it, throw down another fifty pounds. And I was talking to this guy who sat next to me. And we were both on a losing streak. And I go, "What's the most you ever won?" Unless I have everyone, it's about 120 quid on roulette. I'm going to play roulette because it's the only game that's purely chance. And he goes, £70,000. I go, Jesus Christ. And he went, yeah, we were in Vegas. I go, what's the, what's the most you've ever lost? He went, £70,000. He'd lost money. Oh, mug. That amount of money. Nah, I can't be dealing with him. It was, it was like... <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I hadn't told the bird about that one. I was just like, fuck me, dude. I didn't even bring up Homer essentially going to Poundland and having to buy his family Christmas presents. I think this was oh. my favourite scene in it. Buying dog squeaky toys for Maggie. Oh, she won't recognise what it is. It's fine. They're at the Greyhounds. They're at the dogs. 
and they're going to bet it all on Santa's little helper, new entrant into the race, while Barney's sticking with Whirlwind, the favourite. He's got a hunch. And they they put all the money down, and they go for the race. And I swear, um, I've heard that, that reaction in uh, quite a lot of seasons later, just for like a homo. Well, it was an early homo doe, if you will. Yeah, I've heard it. It's it was more it's more with a B, but they've reused that quite a few times. They use it a lot in seasons two and three, anyway. Oh, and that scream when he gets his check as well. I've heard that used in the um, when he becomes the plant's union leader as well. Yeah. When he's referred to a lumbered dinosaur and so ah! they've lost all their money. It's going to be a shit Christmas. God knows what they're going to do. They're busy looking for scraps. Um, they're looking for scraps in the car park as well. But the owner of Santa's little helper boots him away. He tells him to scram and he comes running over Barton Homer. But um, And I will say, I did find this heartwarming. This is where, you know, as much shit as they can throw in the season 28, 29, 30, they can still hit you with hearty golden moments that uh, James L. Brooks did when he uh, came on to The Simpsons. You know, he's not a winner. He's a loser. He's a Simpson. I was a big fan of this cow. I don't know about you. I really found it heartwarming. It's good. It's good to set them where you just realise, oh, they are idiots. They are, like you said, losers. And the dog's just like the rest of them. Fits in perfectly. So they bring home Santa's little helper to the family. Homer's about to break out into tears, saying he's lost all the money and that. And I'm not, I, noticed, I never noticed this before until reviewing it again. Patty and someone make a snide comment about he may have shagged another lass, like, oh, come home smelling of perfume. Like, Jesus, that's a bit much. For a for a PG Christmas show, that's a big uh, insinuation there. But Santa's little help comes bowing through and all the family are happy, believing that's the Christmas uh, gift. And Homer goes along with it. And yeah, that's they get the happy Christmas. And that's the end, Cal. Now, I know for the past few episodes this podcast have not enjoyed the endings for these but this was all right this was a suitable ending for me because everything got as homer says wrapped up in a nice neat package so i didn't have any sort of uh gripes about it no i think it is you gotta take it for what it is it is it is a christmas special and it's a first episode as well so the anime and obviously the animation is dated still hand drawn at this point um and i don't know i liked it well i don't know what i'd rate i don't know what i'd rate it as from rating it for rewatching it if this was the first episode i'd watch the humans a bit dated everything it is a bit of a dated episode um however it is a good episode Either way, I'd probably give it. Let's go for three. I'm gonna go some different. I'm gonna go for seven out of ten boots. Uh, fucking tribal leases. I don't know. Oh, you went back to doubling the score. I see. God damn it. For me, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do a similar route. I think I'll give it uh although mind you there's a lot of nagging things. You know what? I'll go 
right down the middle. It'll go two and a half. Santa's little helpers there out of five. It's a hard, it's a hard one to judge because it's just like it is a good episode, but it, then again, it is, it's not aged particularly well. But it's sweet. It's a sweet homey. It's feel good. It's typical yeah. Christmas, which is what they're aiming for, I guess. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed this traips through the tinsley twilight through the tinsley beginning of the simpsons everyone i hope everyone has a merry christmas and don't forget um well we did sort of joke about it but during the holidays this time of year it can be very lonely and depression can hit an all-time high with people not being able to reach their families and that so what i'm going to do for this episode i'm going to leave links to um certain hotlines and websites where you can um reach out and uh, get this information just get some help and go go find someone find a friend go somewhere with people try and you know try not to be by yourself we will see you in 2019 where we'll pick this back up so everyone happy christmas and have a happy new year happy hanukkah